up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackley, and it is Friday, December 10th. Dalvin Cook. Oh, a lot of people created narratives yesterday, but man, oh man, he was just back. And that's what happens. I think we should know this by now. Minnesota just gives him the rock when he plays. But uh, hopefully you're not facing Cook. Hopefully you're not facing Najee Harris. Hopefully you're off to a good start here. But we'll uh, get you set up with these matchups. And I'm going to dive right in and start with Baltimore and Cleveland. We just saw this game. This is like... I don't remember in the regular season a team playing the same team in back-to-back games, but that's exactly what's happening with Cleveland here. They're facing Baltimore in back-to-back games because they have their bye week in between. This is very weird. I've seen it happen like you'll have a Week 17 opponent and then you'll face that opponent in the first round of the playoffs. But anyway, this is what we're having, and we know what we just saw. It was a bad outing for Nick Chubb. And Kareem Hunt, because, well, hey, the Ravens are pretty good against the run. They are the fourth worst fantasy matchup for opposing running back. 70.5 rushing yards per game allowed to opposing backfields. But it doesn't mean we're off on Nick Chubb, obviously. It's not the best matchup, but even in a bad matchup, he can have plenty of volume and a potentially big day. So top 10 for him. Kareem Hunt actually is a back-end RB2 I guess you can use Jarvis because we saw some volume out of him last uh, last time, you know, before the bye, and he should be good enough to go here. But keep an eye on that. Austin Hooper also in streamer conversation uh, because they are really banged up at tight end. On the other side, it's about as straightforward as it comes. You're using Jackson, Brown, Freeman, and Andrews, and pretty much nobody else uh, in this one. Hopefully, we get some more scoring out of that one than last time. Jacksonville, Tennessee. Get excited for the Jags. Not really. Uh, Man, it's been rough. And I'm sorry if you're a Jags fan. Because this whole Urban Meyer thing, it it doesn't work. Uh, And Urban Meyer, I mean, it's like, you know, they say the rising tide raises all ships. Well, he is not. He's the, the tide's going out, man. Tide's going down. And all these boats are going down with him, unfortunately. And that includes James Robinson, who essentially is the only startable option. And then after last week, we can't even have that much confidence. So I'm still going to rank him as an RB2. Talent's still there. Three-down ability's still there. But, you know, any mistake, he's also playing through injury. Ugh. Yeah. On the other side, I do expect to see Julio Jones back. As of me recording this, I don't see him activated from injured reserve. But I do expect him back. I'm going to use him as a wide receiver uh, front end wide receiver three let's call him that Uh, I'm not quite up to wide receiver two territory on him but it's not that far away uh the the obvious challenge with Jones is seemingly any point he can get hurt but at the same time he will be the clear-cut number one receiver for this squad uh Deontay Foreman RB 26 for me Dontrell Hilliard RB 32 but I am very reluctant on Hilliard I am ranking Jeremy McNichols right now, but I mean, he's not guaranteed to play. Let's call it that, but it does look like it looks extremely likely that he'll be back on the field. And he was in that role that Hilliard is in now earlier in the year. So one would assume that he is either going to be back in that role or they're going to be splitting in that role. So the only option here worth really using, and I'm going to use him in a key home league. 
is Deontay Foreman. Uh, and I like what I've seen out of Deontay Foreman so far. And obviously, facing the Jags isn't a terrible matchup. It isn't as slam dunk as people might think it is. Uh, in fact, I, I would say, well, it's like mid-pack. They're 13 right now against running backs. Uh, Vegas and Kansas City, we saw this game fairly recently as well. In that one, I talked about it yesterday, Tyreek Hill went off. I do expect a bounce-back performance from Patrick Mahomes in this one. So, you know, hey, if you're you're in a, a must-win spot, you have Mahomes as your quarterback, I can't see going into battle with somebody else. I can't see using, like, a Taysom Hill or anything along those lines. I just It doesn't sit well with me. It wouldn't sit well with me in the offseason, especially if it backfired. So I'm using Mahomes here, uh, obviously using who we normally would use, Hill, Kelsey, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire as an RB2. On the other side, I love how this sets up for Josh Jacobs. So get this. In 34 career games with John Gruden as his head coach, he averaged 2.1 catches per game. In four games now without John Gruden as his head coach, he's averaging just over five catches per game. Hmm. He also now no longer has Kenyon Drake out there, so there's a lot uh, working in the favor of, of Josh Jacobs for this one. I really like him here. Streaming Derek Carr. We're waiting on Darren Waller, but I'm not holding my breath on that one. Uh, New Orleans in the Jets. Taysom Hill will be starting yet again, and he has the finger injury, but he's basically a running back playing quarterback against the team that gives up the most fantasy points to running backs, so he's a top 10 option, but boy, is he not safe. Do expect Alvin Kamara back. And right back up into the top five for me. Once we got word that he, you know he's practicing in full, I moved him right back up. So I have met RB4 right now. Not using any receivers from uh, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I am using Elijah Moore. I'm not worried. I mean, hey, if a guy is day-to-day, we got to be clear on this. A lot of people see somebody on an injury report, they freak out. It's week 14. These guys are dinged up. So if he's being called day-to-day, then he's going to be good to go. Uh, we're waiting to see what happens with Tevin Coleman. But... Here's the deal, of course, uh, with the concussion, it popped up on a Wednesday, typically not good, but sometimes that just means uh, the injury didn't or the the info didn't get out there. However, here's the challenge. DNP, DNP. That almost certainly means he won't be playing this week. So be careful there. Uh, don't expect him to play and there really isn't anybody to fill in in that backfield. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, the rivalry game, Dallas and Washington. I love this matchup between Dallas and Washington, and Washington team that certainly has some fight in them. Dallas is a team that obviously they they want to make a strong push this year, no doubt about it, if Jarrett gets his way. That's what they'll do. Of course, we're starting all the usual suspects on the Dallas side. Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. So, Tony Pollard, he has a torn plantar fascia. So, is that an injury you can play through? Yes. It's not optimal, though. And so far this week, he has yet to practice. I'm recording this early on a Friday, so I don't actually have a Friday practice report as for Elliott, he's acknowledged he's not going to be 100% through much of the, the the final stretch run of the regular season. But if Pollard doesn't go, it's hard to see a scenario where Elliott doesn't see enough volume, even inefficiently, to get his way to RB2 production. So starting him there 
uh, with with some confidence. I'm not as down on Elliott as some other people are. I'm acknowledging the efficiency has tailed off, but I'm also going to acknowledge, which a lot of people have failed to do, that he faced the Saints last week. That's a really good run defense. On the other side, Taylor Heineke could be streamed. I love the volume for Antonio Gibson. He's a top 10 play. That's even if McKissick does get back on the field, and it does look like he's making progress through the concussion protocol, so there is that, but uh, still love the volume for Antonio Gibson. McScorin is a wide receiver, too, and you could possibly stream Ricky Seals-Jones because it does look like he'll be back here. Atlanta, Carolina. On the Carolina side, they want to run the football. Who's going to run the football? Because it's not Christian McCaffrey. Well, Chuba Hubbard would figure to be the lead, the most obvious name, but... Here's the problem. Chuba Hubbard will also have Amir Abdullah in that backfield, and we could see a little bit of both. And I don't think would surprise anybody if it ended up being more Abdullah than Hubbard. I mean, Hubbard is the assumption, but remember when we saw Hubbard in that lead role earlier in the year when McCaffrey had his first stint on injured reserve, Abdullah wasn't on the team for a good chunk of that. So, and it's not like Abdullah's a rock star, obviously except for that one play in preseason in his rookie year. But Hubbard isn't either. So we'll see a bunch of those guys. I mean, can you can we say Cam Newton's going to run a bunch? Yes, I can say that definitively. And I actually have him at quarterback 14 this week. I'm going to use him in a two-quarterback league. On the other side, yes, Cordero Patterson, of course. Kyle Pitts, of course, locked in as well. Otherwise, maybe Russell Gage, but there's not much appeal there on the Atlanta offense Seattle Houston speaking of not much appeal I have one startable option for Houston it's Brandon Cooks he's a wide receiver two back end otherwise on the other side Russ I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because of the matchup and I do therefore also like DK and Lockett in this one I think you could stream Everett it was an ugly line last week it was four catches for seven yards but four catches seven yards is concerning but four catches so there's that if I had to start one running back in this backfield I guess it's Adrian Peterson because I think he's the most likely to get a touchdown, but it's close between him and Rashad Penny. It is not Alex Collins, however. Would not surprise me in the least if if Rashad Penny came out of this though as looking like, oh, wow, he's getting touches. So I would scoop him up if he's out there just in case. Detroit and Denver on the Detroit side, we are not looking good here for DeAndre Swift. Dan Campbell didn't didn't essentially say it, but he said he's improving. Usually when I hear improving, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he's still week to week. Okay, he's improving, but he's not there. So it'll be another week of Jamal Williams, not the best matchup for him, but he'll see some volume. We are keeping an eye on TJ Hawkinson dealing with a hand injury, went limited DNP which is not a good practice uh, sequence. He's got to get back to limited here on Friday uh, for us to have confidence. Don't bank on him being out there, so have a backup plan just in case. Otherwise, pretty much not using anybody else. not going to use Amon Ross St. Brown. On the other side, Javante Williams, but Melvin Gordon should be back, so be careful with Javante Williams. It's easy to fall in love with the last two weeks of production. I'm not saying don't start him, but just make sure your expectations are in the right place. Nothing drives me more nuts than when people come in, oh, he was awesome the last two weeks, but now he sucks. And I'm not saying you're going to do that, but you know what I'm talking about here. Make sure your expectations are in the right place. Uh, Jerry Judy is the best option of the wideouts, and I don't really want to be using Cortland Sutton if I can get away with it. Uh, Moving on to the Giants and the Chargers. I have talked about this earlier in the week, but uh, Saquon Barkley has a favorable matchup. I couldn't keep him up 
you know, in the top uh, 12, but he's still an RB2 play, and it's a favorable matchup. As of right now, it's either going to be Jake Fromm or uh, it'll be the uh, the very tall Mike Glennon. Either way, it's great for the Chargers defense. And on the Chargers side, fairly straightforward in terms of using Austin Eckler. But things get interesting from there, don't they? So, as of right now, uh, Keenan Allen, I would say, is extremely unlikely to play. That's my take on it. Based on what we have seen out of why out of any player in the COVID protocol who's vaccinated, it takes about a week for them to get back. That would put him back early next week. Uh, as far as Mike Williams is concerned, he's being called a close contact and did not actually have a positive test. At least that's what the reports suggest. Therefore, he could be activated off of the COVID list, maybe even today, but likely tomorrow if all testing goes well on his end. So we shall see there. Now, even if he is activated, I do still think there's some appeal to Jalen Guyton as a sort of desperation flex. That's it. Do we still use Justin Herbert? I, I think so. Yeah, I do. I, I don't really care if he doesn't have those two guys because he still has decent role players. He still has Austin Eckler, and he still has you know Jared Cook at, as, at tight end along with, well, Parham can be a red zone presence for you. So, no, I'm still using Justin Herbert. San Francisco, Cincinnati. On the San Francisco side, we're keeping an eye on Elijah Mitchell. Definitely have a plan in place here. He was DNP, DNP. He's in the concussion protocol, but honestly, the second DNP, it could be one of two things. It could be he's not making progress through the concussion protocol, which in that case, he's not going to play. Or it could be he was DNP because of the knee and has made progress through the concussion protocol. Either way, both of those scenarios are not particularly good. I would expect him to not play in this one, which would mean... Uh, we would see Jeff Wilson, who's practicing in full, as the lead back. We've already seen this once before. Jamichael Hasty serving in the passing down role. Jeff Wilson would see enough work to be at least a fringy RB2, not using Jamichael Hasty. Does not look promising for Debo Samuel as well, who went DMP, DNP. On the other side, Joe Mixon has not practiced so far this week with a non-COVID illness. That doesn't sound particularly good, but Friday will be telling. If he doesn't practice again today, I would be very concerned. If he is limited, he'll be fine. Um, so keep an eye on that one. If he doesn't go, it's Samaj P. Ryan time. Buffalo and Tampa, I avo- I'm avoiding the Buffalo backfield like the plague, and that is basically the analysis that I have here because we're going to start the rest of our studs. We're starting Allen, Diggs. Dawson Knox. We're starting Gronk and Godwin and Fournette and Brady and Evans. And that's it. Like, this is a straightforward game and just avoid that backfield because it is a mess. Absolute mess. Uh, Let's see. Chicago and Green Bay, uh, second to last game here. The penultimate, if you will. Justin Fields will start. David Montgomery, who missed practice on Wednesday... Uh, and and then uh, managed to get limited here on Thursday. So I think he should be good to go. He's an RB2, as we know. Don't get too cute with Allen Robinson. Getting far too many people asking if they should pick him up. Like, let's just remember, this is the same dude you wanted to drop like crazy for the first, like, six weeks of the season at least. Uh, I know. The, I, and I'm an I'm gonna Allen Robinson apologist. But just be 
let's be clear here. All right, and he's not even guaranteed to play. Uh, on the other side, Aaron Rodgers will play regardless of his toe. I love Devontae Adams. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are a little tricky. I have Jones right now at 11, Dillon at 21, and I've said it many times. I really wouldn't want to have to use both of those guys. I really wouldn't. I realize that some people have to, but I don't like using two running backs from the same backfield in a lineup. A lot of volatility with that. A lot of volatility. Otherwise, pretty straightforward there. Rams and Arizona. All right, on the Rams side, let's talk about Daryl Henderson. So here's what we know. Daryl Henderson is dealing with a thigh injury. He was limited in practice. That is good news. If he is going to be limited throughout the entire week and comes back, we could still see plenty of Sony Michelle. I don't know what's going to happen here. Make sure you have a plan in place for both. Of course, this is the Monday game, so not, not that easy. Cooper Cup dealing with a toe injury, but he should be fine. Uh, you still have Odell and Van Jefferson as wide receiver. Three options, and Matthew Stafford still very startable. Kyler Murray on the other side in a great spot. He's my number two quarterback right now. I did move Allen ahead of him, but you know, splitting hairs there, and you're not going to be deciding between the two of those unless you're playing in a darn guillotine league or something. Anyway, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver 15. Don't love the matchup, but should see enough volume here. James Conner remains an RB2 play for me. If Chase Edmonds is, in fact, back in this game, I don't care. I'm still using Connor, and I'm not going to use Chase Edmonds if I can get away with it. Christian Kirk, a wide receiver three. Zach Ertz, a borderline tight end one. I have met tight end 13 for the week. All right, that wraps it up for today. I will catch you on Monday. In the meantime, head on over to FTNFantasy.com. Use the promo code RATPACK. Get the rankings, get the projections, get all the tools, get the goods over there. It's a very good website. I, 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 I may have a thing or two to do with it, too. So go check it out, all right? At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. And uh, very sad news, by the way. Uh, rest in peace to Marius Thomas. So sad. Thoughts, prayers, positive vibes going out to anybody impacted by that. Too soon. Far too soon. Anyway, I will catch you on Monday. And we'll be heading into the first week of the fantasy football playoffs. Enjoy the weekend, baby. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.